Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to Because You Watched, the podcast where comedians pitch the kind of TV show and movie ideas they'll never be able to get away with in real life. My name's Beck Hill, and I'm joined, as ever, by the Elliot Stabler to my Olivia Benson, the Cliff Clavin to my Norm Peterson, the Butthead to my Beavis, it's producer Rory! Hello, that's me, I'm producer Rory. Together we're going to put together a slate of mind-blowingly brilliant ideas submitted by our guests each week. Speaking of guests... Our first guest is the host of The Last Leg, the plural of my last name, and joining us live all the way from Australia, Adam Hills. Hello, kind of cousin. <laughs> Hi, Adam. How's your cupboard? Uh, my, my cupboard, I mean, my, my cupboard has a bed in it. Uh, Great. My cupboard has a walk-in wardrobe. It has an on... I'm in my bedroom. I'm in uh, my bedroom that... For the purposes of lockdown, both my wife and I are using whenever. You know, we found that one place in the house that looks good on camera. Uh, yeah. So, and occasionally we double book it and we're like, oh, no, I thought you had the bedroom for a podcast this afternoon. Well, no, I did, but then I've got the, oh, man, I haven't thought this through. So um, <laughs> it's the one house in the room that we, the one room in the house that we've kept clean, basically. Yeah, no, I get that. My So the, the cupboard that I record in, I also do um, like talking heads and stuff with it and YouTube stuff. And I found that I can cover all the jackets behind me in a duvet cover and it looks pretty decent. But uh, I'll take a photo. I'll ta- And I think we've got a Because You Watched, uh, well, we've got an At You Watch Pod um, Instagram account. So I'll, I'll chuck a photo on there for any listeners who want to check check out my cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of amazing the way people have just improvised and what what I worry about is that whenever look I've done a lot of TV spots over the last you know 9 10 11 weeks I'm always mm. in the same spot with the same background and I I start thinking maybe I should mix it up a little bit well, one of the guys in the Zoom meetings I've been doing for this other um project I've got is uh he's been sneaking a Doctor Who figurine into various places in the background <laughs> just to see if we spot it, which is very enjoyable. <laughs> so maybe introduce a, a figurine or something. Scan or picture, but every time you go on a new one, make something creep closer to the, <laughs> the picture, <laughs> like an old woman or something. Have the eyes following you. Just like, I can make <laughs> yeah. that. Adam, that is my wheelhouse. I can make moving eye picture. Easy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Make it look like it's haunted and it just moves ever so slightly in the middle of your Zoom meeting. Yeah. Perfect. Sorted. Done. We'll do it old school because they'll be like, stop changing your background. And you're like, I really, I don't. This isn't a fake background. This is my life. <laughs> have, you, have you been tempted to just keep doing things from home? You know, just to just say to everyone, well, I'm staying here now. I've got to, this worked before and it will keep working. Absolutely. If I can find a way of doing stand up from my garage, I reckon I would. <laughs> this is, you know, we've, we've been making the last leg from my garage. Uh, and the, the loveliest thing, because it's, well, I'm in Australia, it means I finish at eight o'clock in the morning. So we all sign off, we say goodnight, 
It's 11 o'clock at night in England. And then I walk inside and have breakfast with my kids. It's awesome. Aww. That does sound perfect. <laughs> and t- until about 15 minutes in when they start whinging about something and I'm like, I just hosted a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? You are sleeping. <laughs> that's like, that's such a good brag. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is kind of weird because... You know, you're pulling together a TV show, you're talking to Stephen Merchant or Miriam Margulies or, you know, Sue Perkins, and then you come inside and 15 minutes later the kids are going, Dad, I said tomato sauce, not barbecue sauce. You're like, you have no idea what I just did. (laughs) Also, that's the most Australian breakfast ever. Like, (laughs) they're not like, Dad, I wanted hollandaise on my muffins. (laughs) (laughs) They've been there too long, Adam. you got to get them back over to Britain. That is genuinely one of the complaints I've had. <laughs> but, but just from the kids, not like audience members. <laughs> <laughs> the audience members seem to be fine. It's just that it's just that I just want a little bit of respect when I come back into the house. <laughs> yeah. Well, to make you feel better, if they, if they make you leave the house again uh, next time you guys film, then we'll get the audience to heckle you with, I wanted tomato sauce, not barbecue sauce. <laughs> Yeah, nothing. I, I can imagine myself now on stage and being heckled and I'm like, in fact, ever since I've had kids, hecklers don't worry me because I look at them and go, dude, I've got kids. There is nothing yeah, you can yeah. say that, That's what, that can emotionally I, break me the way my own children can. Oh, I tell, because I do stand up for kids, yeah, and people always say, oh, that must be so hard. And I'm like, no, because like, yeah, they'll heckle you harder than adults, but like, I can fight them. <laughs> like, I always think that. Like, I'm like, no matter what they say, I would win in a fight. And I always, I always feel better about that. I'd so much more happily be heckled by children. Um, <laughs> and introducing our second guest, it's comedian, filmmaker, and brother from another mother, Matt Hyden. Hello. Lovely to be back. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You make it sound like you're held at gunpoint. Uh, I I don't know how to do it like introductions. I'm like, try and sound excited, but not too excited. And it just, it just comes across as sarcastic. I'm very sorry. (laughs) How's your cupboard? It's all right today. It's it's full of cats. So I've got a cat on me right now. Uh, Really living the retirement dream of... Just, just in a cosy chair with cats. Anyone who doesn't understand the context of the question, how's your cupboard, who's maybe not listened to previous episodes, uh, they're just going to think that you have a cupboard full of cats. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. It's like uh, we have them on little shoe racks. There's always two of the same together. <laughs> and then you just select the ones for the day. It's lovely. Walk-in cat's wardrobe. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds like the kind of thing that there would be like, I don't know, if you're watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, then it's like, oh, my God, Sarah just got herself a walking cat wardrobe. (laughs) (laughs) She has, like, 16 different cats. She chooses one every day. She has a walk-in cat closet. It's amazing. You never see the same. It's nine series, and you never see the same cat twice. There's something sinister going on in the background. What category have we got today? 
Okay, so the category you guys are tackling this time is exciting TV action and adventure, which is a real category on Netflix. It has 42 titles within it at time of recording, including Narcos, Gotham, and for some reason, uh, the kids' TV show Green Eggs and Ham. Um, (laughs) Seven of those entries uh, are uh, superhero, based on superhero comics, um, which is kind of a more modern trend. Like a lot of kind of action TV is going that way. But there was a time prior to this where action was kind of a bit more pure in like the 90s and 80s. Mm. Uh, And so a lot of that stuff isn't in here. So I'm going to just go through a little list. I want you guys to discuss and think if this is the sort of thing that would also fit in this category. So Uh, just to check, you said exciting. Is that actually part of the name as well? The category is exciting tv action and adventure there's no not a single uh, iota of editorializing from me that no. is the exact uh that is the exact category um, I like that they were like there's action and adventure but we want people to know that it's exciting like as opposed to the dull yeah. action well, adventure let's ones. separate the, the wheat from the chaff here this is only the good stuff <laughs> Well, because sometimes I sit down and at night and i'm scrolling through thinking what do i feel like watching and i'm like i don't know I'm more in the mood for some lacklustre adventure and action tonight. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing quite watching like watching a, a sort of goal, a, a chase where the person just doesn't emote or anything like that. Just, just a, a whole series where there's explosions, there's heists, there's things like that, and one guy's like, "Nah, it's fine." <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so so with the category being exciting um let me know if you think that these kind of old golden oldies would fit in so first up xena warrior princess from 1995 yes absolutely yeah. i actually had a dungeons and dragons my first dungeons and dragons character was called gabriel after xena's sidekick um wow yes yeah. her bard and friend according to the uh description yeah yes it's, it's weird because the witcher is essentially xena now isn't <laughs> it, is. it it's just it's exactly the same <laughs> yeah the the synopsis for xena uh, is uh, xena is a reformed warrior princess who travels around fighting evil gabrielle bard and friend keeps her company and helps her stay on the path of good which yes is just the witcher isn't it? i didn't know she was reformed <laughs> what was what was pre-xena like did she go to like a, a like a warrior princess 12-step program <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be a great series. Yeah, the very first scene of Xena Warrior Princess is everyone sat in a circle going around introducing themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Can I, actually, can I change my pitch for today? Because I think that might be it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great. So it sounds like that fits in nicely. Next up, we've got Manimal from 1983. Does anyone know Manimal? Manimal. So Manimal was a Rob Schneider film. (laughs) The synopsis goes like this. A man who can change himself into any animal helps police solve crimes. Whoa. <laughs> I don't How need is that anything not still else. still running? <laughs> yeah. I know. So, so I've got a list here of some of the things he transforms into. So he transforms into a... Well, here it says, he turns into a panther and an eagle in just about every episode. So that's the space level. He does that constantly. Um, but he once turned into a snake, a horse, bull, bear, and dolphin. Does he have to find the perfect animal to match the crime? Is that yeah? Like... I, th- I think that might be. I th- there's one oh. episode where he saves someone from, I think, quicksand, and he turns into a snake to basically function as a rope for them <laughs> to be pulled out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got a little. Uh, basically, I watched a clip of this, but I also found a text description of what happens when he transforms into a panther, uh, and it's 
Absolutely fascinating. So this is a description of him turning into a panther. Step one, John begins to breathe as his face starts to lump. Step two, John's hands start to lump. While his hands still lumping, his face starts to lump even more. (laughs) Step three, his hand color starts to turn black as his hands kept lumping. (laughs) <laughs> and it goes, it goes so on and so on with his clothes ripping off, uh, his face continually lumping. Um, he starts to grow teeth. His eyes push out a little and he becomes a panther. It's, uh, there's a, a lot going on here. And I've, I've watched a clip and I must tell you, there is lumping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to get merch made. And I really think this podcast now needs a T-shirt, which just says hashtag keep lumping. <laughs> <laughs> So with that description and with all that glorious information, do you think Manimal would fit into the uh, category of uh, exciting TV action and adventure? <laughs> oh, definitely. My heart rate's up just hearing the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I think it definitely comes down to whether or not he chooses the right animal for the job. I'd love to think there's one episode where maybe, I don't know, what is it, 44 minutes of TV time, including ads? I'd love to think there's one episode where about 38 minutes is him as a sloth. <laughs> and then... <laughs> At the 38-minute mark, he goes, you know what? Cheetah. Cheetah's probably better than this. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great sort of like buddy cop film where someone's teamed up with Manimal and you have the, the classic chief where he just keeps picking the wrong animal. Manimal! <laughs> okay, so Manimal, a firm contender, I think, for entry into the category. And, and final one we've got here is the A-Team. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone yeah. have any experience with the A-Team? Yeah, A-Team is <clears throat> absolutely 100% up my street i would have been what what year was it was it it was mid 80s so i would have been 1983 is the first episode there you go so i would have been 13 when it first came out i think it had the perfect combination of you know you had george papard who also yes it was made for kids but my dad loved george papard because he'd been a whole bunch of stuff that he'd seen so you got the adults watching with their kids um but then you know, you had Mr. T, who I think that was the first time he ever became famous. Um, for me, it was there was one of the characters was Mad Dog Murdoch, who in in today's terms is probably a vaguely offensive way of showing someone with a mental <laughs> illness, but at the time was just someone who was very funny. Dirk Benedict, <laughs> who I think had been in, had Dirk Benedict been in Battlestar Galactica, maybe. Yeah, I think this is post Battlestar, isn't it? Yeah, is it Battlestar seventies. I don't know. Yes, I, I think so. Views, yeah. But I think so many terms, if, if you describe this TV show to someone now where you said, well, you had someone who was mentally ill um, and you had a whole bunch of vigilantes taking the law into their own hands, going around the country in a black van led by a former army operative, you kind of go, yeah, that's, that's probably not right anymore <laughs> yeah they, 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 they were on the run from the law so the, the, the synopsis on um, google says a team of ex-special forces on the lamp from the military police and then brackets even though they didn't really commit the fr- <laughs> crime for which they're imprisoned close brackets leave a trail of explosions in its wake so yeah it's, it's... they didn't commit a crime but over the next four series they definitely commit crimes <laughs> so whatever they're like not accused of originally they definitely commit war crimes after that i also found out that ba Barackers is BA stands for bad attitude, which I find so funny. <laughs> like, you know, when people give themselves their own nicknames. If I remember correctly from A Team, uh, yes, BA Barackers was bad attitude, but I think, and then you had Mad Dog Murdoch, which makes sense. 
But then I'm pretty sure Dirk Benedict's nickname was Face. Like he couldn't have come up with his own nickname. Yeah, the Face Man. If all he gave himself was the Face Man. Well, some people are a butt man. Others are a boobs man. He's a face man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's not like someone was like, how did you, how did he get that nickname? And it's just like, well, he's got a face, hasn't he? <laughs> what would yours be if you had one? Oh, yeah, good question. Oh, man. Matthew, doing okay, Heighton. <laughs> doing fine. <laughs> I think I think mine would probably, I, I, it'd, it'd be lackluster. It would define the term lackluster. I think I'd probably just call myself diligent. I thought you were going with the name Lackluster, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, mean, no, that's the problem. I'm not even cool enough to to pull off Lackluster. I'm sure it would just be – like, I'd I'd be the guy that makes sure all the the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. The administrator. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's much better. Put those two together. You've got a great action name, Diligent Lackluster. That's great. (laughs) That is great. Diligent lackluster, wanted for a crime he did commit. (laughs) But accidentally. I was going to say mine would be like the procrastinator. And then I was like, that's too long. I'd do it like the pros. But then I was like, no, sounds like (laughs) pros. Not great. Not great. See, that's where you you would submit the pros as a nickname and then me as diligent lackluster would come in and go do you know what i think technically you should go with the procrastinator this this could be a spin-off called the b team where they just do all the a team's administration work (laughs) so they do all the forms afterwards that keeps them out of prison yeah was is macgyver in the list macgyver is on on the uh, list yes if you google uh, action tv uh, MacGyver is on the list. That's right. Because MacGyver was my favorite growing up, and I've talked about this before, but it's it's genuinely one of my favorite memories of MacGyver. And it was one of those ones where I had a vague memory of it, and it wasn't until YouTube became better that I was able to fact check my own memory. But the <laughs> opening titles is I always remembered this, and it's true. Uh, you can look it up. Um, the opening titles of MacGyver is Richard Dean Anderson. Doing loads of MacGyver things, you know, like jumping from explosions, uh, jumping out of a cable car, uh, riding motorbike, you know, using paper clips and stuff to defuse bombs, that kind of like general MacGyvering. And there's just, and the, the theme tune's like, da, 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 like it's really, you know, high action pack 80s fun, you know, or early 90s fun. And then it goes, then it like, just has one tiny frame of him licking an ice cream and then just goes back into all of the action. And it's just so, like, the rest of it is action, 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 you know, sunglasses, shots, that kind of thing, him licking an ice cream. And it's my favourite thing. It's just like, oh, he knows how to have fun as well. There must be some guy in Hollywood whose job it is to put opening titles together, certainly in the 80s. And, like, someone would have come in with a suggested opening title sequence and he'd be, no, you got it all wrong. You haven't got the ice cream moment. You need to... (laughs) You got all the explosions, but you haven't got... You you need Tom Selleck's eyebrows. You need the thing that people remember that's got nothing to do with anything else. (laughs) (laughs) There's kind of a theme, in particular with the A-Team and another TV show of the same time, um, The Greatest American Hero. Is that the one with the song from... Seinfeld. Oh, maybe. Is it Believe, Believe it, or it or Not? I'm walking, I'm on, walking air. on air. Yeah. That's it. So it was about a guy who found a superhero costume that I think had been left by aliens, but he lost the instructions. <laughs> so he put it on. He had all these powers, but he didn't know how to access them. <laughs> and then every week he was virtually either fighting Russians or aliens, I think. <laughs> Rory, I just had to check. We're going to be pitching, well, uh, Adam and Matt are going to be pitching their 
own versions for this genre. Are there any tropes that they should definitely be aiming to have in their pitches? Yeah, so I think uh, if we're pitching an an original entry to this series, I think uh, some of the things we should take note of. It's usually, uh, as the... uh, the synopsis for the A-Team says uh, that it's a little guy against some corrupt local bigwig. So that's the sort of like uh, the sort of guys we want to be taking down, I think, with some exciting action adventure. And also remember, keep it exciting. So, you know, rather than someone kicking someone, uh, Matt, how, how would you do an exciting kick? An exciting kick? I'd do a yeah. normal kick by go, woo! <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like you guys have got the hang of it already. <laughs> Adam, I'm super excited. What pitch have you got for us? Uh, Now that we've discussed The Greatest American Hero to this extent, I've realised I may have stolen a lot of ideas from it. (laughs) So (laughs) legally, I might need some advice before I go any further. But it's nonetheless... It's 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 1981. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so here's my my pitch. So uh, a stage hypnotist... I don't know how often you hear that at the beginning of a pitch, but I've gone (laughs) with it. A stage hypnotist with a heart of gold realizes that his subjects are more confident, physically stronger, and believe in themselves more when they're hypnotized. So he creates a crack squad of people around the world who are hypnotized to believe they are pure of heart crime fighters. Wait, you're just describing Darren Brown. (laughs) (laughs) This is his entire career. It sounds like we've got casting sorted. (laughs) Imagine if he used his powers for good. So all, all the hypnotist has to do is say the trigger words and then his crack team spring into action. But then And they each week solving a different crime. But at the end of the episode, the great thing is all he has to do is click his fingers. They resume their normal lives, unaware of what happened, thus making them the perfect heroes. Oh, wow. So their secret identity is a secret even to them. Even to them. That even to is them. a genuine... And Get Netflix on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're already on the phone. They're on speaker. <laughs> you already know how this series ends as well. It's amazing. Like, because you know that the end series is they have to activate everyone at once for a national crisis. It, it writes yes. itself. I thought it would finish with um, them finding out that they're being hypnotized and then, you know, the, whether they choose to keep being hypnotized or be dehypnotized. Wow. Or, or the big bad, whoever it is, discovers the other trigger word that takes them out of the hypnotist thing. So they keep waking up in really dangerous situations. <laughs> it's, it's like just see, seeing someone say, get him, is, is the trigger out of that. So they just yeah, keep snapping into reality. It's a, a, a series of armed thugs are running at them. Just, oh my God. And the, the hypnotist is going, Mango, 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 just trying to, <laughs> trying to reactivate them mid fight. And oh. you know, the weird thing about this, this was actually based on so many years ago, I worked with a stage hypnotist. I was his support act. And two things that would happen every show, he would get someone to basically lie with their, between two um, chairs. So the back of the top of one chair would be where their neck was. And the back of another chair would be where their feet were. And normally, if you tried to do that yourself, you would just sag in the middle. But these people always were were rock solid, like a plank of wood. You could almost sit on them. And he said, yeah, but when if you tell people when they're hypnotized that they can do this, then they'll do it. 
And then there was a moment where they would come back, he would send people backstage and I would have to convince them to be ballet dancers. <laughs> and these two big burly blokes would be sent backstage and I would go, right, when you, when you go back out on stage, you're ballet dancers and you jump and you, you don't do anything dangerous, but you f- twirl and all of this kind of stuff. And they'd be, yeah, okay, sure. And then often I'd see them after the show and go, oh, did you enjoy that? And they go, enjoy what? Sorry, who are you? And they had literally no memory of talking what? to me or of me telling them what to do or of what they even did on stage. So all wow. of this is kind of weirdly based in, in the possibility that it could actually happen. So you're saying we should do it for real. <laughs> <laughs> A great episode where the, the good hypnotist and the bad hypnotist have hypnotized the same person. And they just keep, keep doing a reveal where they go, I know you hypnotize them, but I also, hip-, and they just go through seven layers of hypnotism. Yes. I mean, my problems, I have a whole bunch of problems with this though. I haven't thought of a name for it. I haven't thought of a name for the hypnotist either. And I'm not entirely sure who the characters are that, that he assembles. So, so I, um, to, to, to find kind of some every, every people, uh, I, I Googled regular jobs just to see some regular jobs that we might have uh, who people become hypnotized. The very first result was cleaner, which sounds like a good hero name. It's the cleaner. Ooh. Ooh. We've got the babysitter. I think a babysitter. <laughs> although, although to be honest, that's quite dangerous because if they're mid babysit and then suddenly they get activated <laughs> and jump through a window. <laughs> We've got uh, head of brand advocacy. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's a normal job, right? That's a regular job. <laughs> Until you said head of brand advocacy, I was about to say <clears throat> the other two regular jobs you've chosen almost sound like they're the names of superheroes anyway the cleaner the babysitter but no one's gonna go head of brand advocacy advocacy. (laughs) hypno squad seems to roll off the tongue i think as a title yeah Yeah. but i do i I do like a pun so i would like to try and get closer to Mm. that i do maybe there's a tagline of you know when he says mango, things go bananas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's great. Nice. Yeah, that's great. I like it. Do you know what, though? The more we talk about it, the more I'm, I'm imagining, the more I can see this as a being a TV show that existed in the 80s about which Seinfeld did stand up in the 90s. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like I can almost imagine him going, like, why didn't they, if you could hypnotize normal people to go and stop crime, why didn't they hypnotize criminals to just become normal people? <laughs> <laughs> and what you do to get really meta is you do like one of those deep fakes of Seinfeld doing that as a bit on the show and then you cut to our characters watching it <laughs> that's its real angle it starts with five minutes of stand-up about the last episode instead of a recap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just pointing out all the flaws yeah. look we're aware of our bad writing and here's how. What do you mean? You can't find a mafia bus that can't just click his fingers and unhypnotize them? <laughs> oh. I mean, there are so many flaws in this pitch. But I, I want this made. I don't, this is the sort of thing, you've pitched it so well that I think in about 10 years I'll have forgotten this and then just be Googling trying to find this show, thinking it's real. <laughs> That's how solid this pitch is. No, it was a show about hypnotists, I swear, I swear. <laughs> I mean, Hypno Squad seems to be the the go to name, but I'm just not sure that it's, it's quite catchy enough. It's a working title for now. Okay. Who are the, yeah. Uh, what? So our characters so far, we've got Rory. You're saying so. There's a, a cleaner, a babysitter. How many? How many in this team? I was thinking like a nice four or five. I think so, and I think 
also the the person pulling it together, the Charlie to the angels, if you will, um, is the hypnotist. And I think I think his story is that maybe you know he's been doing stage hypnotism for a while, but he kind of realizes that it's it's essentially just making people do embarrassing things uh, <laughs> for his own entertainment. And I think he probably has an epiphany on stage where he realizes, oh, maybe it all becomes about because like. He sees a crime in the auditorium where he's doing a show. Uh, like maybe oh, yeah. he sees someone stealing someone else's handbag. Uh, oh, and what if one and, of the people that he hypnotized in the show is sort of loitering and he like hypnotized him to do martial arts or something on stage? And so he quickly says exactly. the trigger warning and then suddenly they like karate fight this person. And he's like, so oh, this that person was on, useful. Yeah, so he turns to the person on stage and goes, right, Simon. Stop pretending that you're giving birth to an elephant. <laughs> you're now an amazing crime fighter and you're going to stop that robbery on the other end of the auditorium and then it works and then he's like, oh, my God, I've got this power. We can make this work. You could, you could yeah. go Bruce, Bruce Wayne with it where he as a child watched a hypnotist hypnotise his parents and it went wrong, so he vowed to learn <laughs> hypnotism for good. <laughs> That's amazing. He's always fighting that one still memory. still chickens. Yeah, yeah, they're still alive, <laughs> but he's trying to find the, the hypnotism that can get them out of it. Yeah. I've got an idea for the big bad as well, because so, you've got to, like, obviously there's the general crime that happens and, yep. you know, all the horrible things. I think the big bad needs to be an ex-assistant of the hypnotist who she was so sick of being take like not being taken seriously because it's the eighties and she's the glamorous assistant. So everyone just thinks she's really yeah. dumb, but actually she learned all the hypnotism tricks from him and now she's even more powerful. So she started Ooh. hypnotizing baddies to, to fight his goodies. Great. Uh, now that sounds great. Cause that's a battle of the hypnotists. And her yeah. name would be like Spangula. <laughs> I was trying to think of <laughs> Spangles and <laughs> What's what's the hypnotist called? Have we got a name for the hypnotist? I've, no, I've not yet found a name for the hypnotist. So the guy I worked with back in the day was a guy called Peter Powers. So I think it has to be alliterative. Ooh. You have to have, yeah. you know, yeah. something forceful in your surname. But I mean, I, I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. What's, what's beautiful about Peter Powers is you work for the Spider-Man of hypnotists there. Like it really is <laughs> as close <laughs> to Peter Parker as you can get. <laughs> That's amazing. Something like Tony Trigger oh. Word or something. <laughs> you should give them a little kid sidekick as well just so you can have moments where they're like gee whiz mr trigger word i don't know how we're gonna get out of this one <laughs> just for the fun of it can spangela's last name be a lansbury oh. spangela lansbury. <laughs> so angela lansbury would play spangela <laughs> obviously <laughs> But you know, like, like a, like this is in the eighties, so it's yeah, yeah well, it's well, pretty cool. I mean, we it doesn't matter if we make it now. She is ninety four years old. Uh, however, we'll make it we've now. Got, um, we, we've got our magical de aging machine. We can make anyone look young nowadays. No, so no, no, no. If we're making it now, year old I want Angela. her now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fine. If anything, age her up again. Yeah. Always age her. <laughs> I, I like. I like how if she's a, a former assistant, she was like working under our our main hypnotist at the age of like eighty five. <laughs> 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 and that's why they kept overlooking her. It's an ageism right, thing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I, I feel like the hypnotist hero needs to be someone who 
maybe was a bit of a douche and has had their redemptive moment, but that's also why some people are still a bit angry at him. So it's like he's got to be – because also, I don't – like I've worked with a lot of magicians over the time and the, there's a, there's an element of arrogance there. Right. You know, no offence to my any magicians listening. You know I love you. <laughs> That's all your listenership as well. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised. I get messages from a surprising amount of amateur magicians offering me <laughs> magic tri- tri- tips. Uh, and then I I have to explain that I actually know quite a lot of professional magicians. Anyway, we're getting off <laughs> subject. <laughs> that is a podcast in itself. So, oh. who's a, so a magician, I feel like... Someone like Matthew McConaughey or someone who's got that swagger about him. Wow. Oh, yeah. But, but, but they need darker eyes. You know, they need that, that hypnotist eyes, you know, like dark eyelashes, that kind of Timothy, Timothy Dalton type eyes. Oh, he'd be good as well. Timothy Dalton would be great. Yeah. I also feel, I also feel like we could get Daniel Day-Lewis out of retirement for this and he, he'd, be a, he'd be a great hypnotist <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Day-Lewis, Lansbury, we just need... I mean, that's it. That, this thing writes itself, right? Yeah. yeah. And then our team will just be like a collection of leftovers from Nickelodeon and Disney shows. You know, the ones that don't <laughs> go on to have successful pop star careers? <laughs> and I wonder if every week it's a, it's a completely different cast of five people. Like, that's the whole, you know. Oh, every yeah. Week. oh they've, yeah. They've activated a different five, yeah. Yeah. Like Manimal, when he has to turn into the most appropriate animal for the occasion, he, like, can decide which of his agents to activate based on the crime amazing so he like activates a concrete worker and can like tip some concrete on them or something yeah. yes that's great. Oh, i mean that yeah. would probably kill them so maybe that's not his <laughs> mo but well that's the thing isn't it in those shows people don't actually die they just have to disappear yeah <laughs> just go, oh, they're out of shot no one cares anymore but then they're by done. having a revolving cast you can do that thing that they do in death in paradise where you get like a vaguely famous actor appears in just one episode yeah um, as the concrete worker. <laughs> Henry Cavill is the concrete worker. Yeah. This concrete isn't going to set itself. Mango. Where are you going, Jimmy? Where are you going? We always try and come up with a way of getting the execs on side when we're pitching, you know, to, to really make this a zeitgeisty thing that makes them really want to commission yeah. whatever we're pitching so i mean obviously we just have to hypnotize them <laughs> that's part of the pitch yeah. Yeah. We'll two get... of them wake up from a fugue state and one of them has been beaten up to within an inch of their life and the other one has got like has got like fists covered in blood and it's kind of like see what we did there <laughs> commission us We'll be back with more ideas in just a moment. But I wanted to remind you during this break that you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at YouWatchPod where we ask quizzes, we look for punchlines to jokes, that sort of thing. And we love to interact with you. Also, it'd be great if you went onto Apple Podcasts and gave us a five-star review. I'll say that as someone who doesn't normally do it myself, so I get it. But, oh my gosh, does it mean so much to us. We'd love it. We really, really would. I mean, I think Rory would love it too. He's not allowed to talk during these parts, but I reckon he'd enjoy it.
Right, we've got one pitch ready and rearing to go. Now moving quickly on to our next one. Matt Hyten, what have you got for us? Okay, you can pretty much guess a lot of this from the title I've come up with. So this is a series mm. called Getting Too Old for This Ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So <laughs> what it is, is basically it's a cruise ship for retired people. Fantastic. Uh, and it, the first episode, it goes wrong where terrorists try and take over the cruise ship to take out a load of uh, satellites. And what they do is they take out the satellites. Sorry, wait. So, as in satellites that are in space? In space. So they, they figure that if they get on international waters, they can, mm. they're can they not going to be um, like committing any crimes. So basically, uh, it's a, a cruise ship for retired people. And mm. these terrorists get on and they take over. And in the first episode, they take out a satellite system, which controls the navigation. I'm guessing with a weapon. Yeah, not with like, like a, a big heat, heat laser really, or something. Yeah. The ship's is on the water. Yeah, they just fire bullets Can't, into like, space. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, it's like clay pigeon for satellites. They've got, a, okay, they've okay, got okay, one okay. good. So they um, bring all of the shooting gear as well, or was the cruise ship already? They, they bring it. Well, that's the thing. No one would... Ex- no one expect terrorists to, to uh, target an, a, a cruise ship for retired people. But what they didn't bet on was Tyler Gently being on board, an ex-retired cop who basically has taken the cruise ship because it was the last thing him and his wife planned to do before she died. So oh, there's wow. a lot of emotion behind this. Yeah, and basically right. he saves the ship, but because the satellites have been taken out, the uh, navigation for the world is wrong. So the series is then the cruise ship going from port to port. And in every port, they're trying to find their way home. But what they find is another problem that they can solve with their retired uh, skills. Right. So it's a real Motley Crew thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a story of the week, like the A-team, where they pull up. Yeah. But it's loads of old people solving stuff. That, make, that makes yeah, sense. They've it. lived through a lot. Thousands of years of combined experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But s- thousands of toilet breaks as well. So... <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, they have to keep stopping in a port because otherwise they will drown themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much all I wanted was to make something where Danny Glover is in charge and he says, I'm getting too old for this ship every episode. Oh, is he, is he gently then? Yeah, that's that in in my dream world. Yeah, he's uh he's in charge. He's he's yeah. the guy. But also just for you, Beck, I put Sandra Bullock in as well. Great. Is she the wife or is she like she's, a staff? She, well, his wife's dead. So. Oh, she's already died. She's dead. That's why he's on the cruise. He they he because of his his uh, cop work, he'd always been putting off their dream cruise. Right. Oh, uh, I thought you were saying he's taken her on the cruise. No, as he's a, got as a bucket the... list thing. He's got on the cruise by himself, so you don't think a... she could yeah. be there with him, but weekend at Bernie style. Uh, <laughs> well, she, what I... he, he always talks to her, so we could bring her in as a ghost. Right. <gasps> like, that's the great oh, thing. Like there's a lot of supernatural episodes in this. Like there's treasure hunts for cursed gold and things like that. There's yeah. Well, there's... each episode has to start with him, or sorry, each episode has to end with him giving her giving her his thoughts in his little cabin on the cruise ship, t- telling her about what happened that day and what he learnt. Yeah. yeah. And obviously we don't see today, her. Mary. <laughs> yeah, that style of thing. Yeah. And so you get like the little summary, the sum up, the, the moral quandary yeah. that he's managed to, oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. He's writing a ship's log to him, which is essentially a diary that he, he writes to Mary. That's how the mechanism works. 
You wouldn't nice, believe like today, it, so. Mary, and that cuts to what happened. <laughs> yeah, maybe he but was yeah. maybe he was someone who was kind of a bit of a a little bit of a rotter in his everyday life, and she was like, "You need to help people more." And he's like, "I haven't got time." And so now he's kind of making making himself, uh, you know, improving, and he's kind of reporting to her and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of like a redemption arc as the series goes on as well. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's got in in my mind. He was a cop who could never switch off in his job, and that's why they never got to the cruise. And just when he thinks he can switch off and retire this happens and he just can never he can never get out there's you get a ragtag crew in there of, of mm. like every action star you could ever want or every like <laughs> i really want i really want so what happens as well is in the terrorist episode the crew dies so people oh. who are like xc people have to take over and stuff like that like i served in the navy i could pilot this ship and stuff like that happens yeah, yeah. so they've got to they've got to figure out what skills they've got between them but scott bacula is the the cruise ship villain so basically he's trying to take charge he's like yeah he's trying to manipulate them all and and get his own things because he was on there for a treasure hunt he knew the cruise ship was going to be stopping at an island and his life to find this cursed gold so his thing is he's trying to pretend that he's trying to get everyone home but in fact he's trying to go island to island to find this gold well again i mean i'm thinking casting and i'm thinking cameos and i'm just thinking there's a whole raft of hollywood actors out there who are you know considered by the industry to be too old but they're amazing actors they're the people like as you said you're scott Bakula. i mean you probably bring you know macgyver back for an episode yeah yeah get all the old hollywood people who you've kind of almost forgotten about just yeah. to come back and also there's got to yeah. be an episode where there's a crossover where they pull into an into a harbor and um and one of the entertainers they get for the ship's entertainment yes. is tony trigger word <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh yeah it's Definitely. all the shared universe the christmas episode that <laughs> yeah yeah well well if, if if it's um if if we need a bad guy it could be spangula lansbury and then she's 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 uh, hypnotizing all the elderly to be uh, villains. Yes, and oh, then that that way what we an can, episode. We, yeah, that that way he can fight against, you know, good old Tony's arch nemesis. Oh. And who who doesn't want to see Daniel Day Lewis just punching and punching all yeah. people? <laughs> yeah, I think we got full out on the crossover episode though, where Santa's yeah. Santa's crash landed onto the cruise ship and knocked himself out. So the hypnotist has to activate <laughs> Scott Bakula to think he's Santa. Yeah. <laughs> deliver all the presents in the world just well, listen, really go for it i think i'm i'm not entirely sure of the kind of <clears throat> i don't know the agreements you have on this show and and the legalities and all that kind of stuff but can we come to some like informal agreement that whichever one of us gets our shows pitched we include the other one as a possible spin-off in the future oh absolutely. oh these are coming as a team these are we're <laughs> oh, pitching both of these full on yeah yeah, wow. yeah. there's Be- no beckle beckle not except only one of them being commissioned it's a two-for-one deal. i mean I, absolutely. D- I don't yeah. i don't want to say bacula cinematic universe but i'm saying bacula <laughs> cinematic universe <laughs> the bcu yeah the bcu yeah matt what stump would you pull to get the interest of the commissioners i would get all the heads of like all the big companies, Netflix and Amazon and everything, put them on a cruise ship and then pretend it's taken over by terrorists. Why not get someone like, you know, Danny Glover? So say, say you've got your TV execs held up in a room, they're bound and gagged by these terrorists, and then you have Danny Glover come in and kick their ass. And then he says, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Like, Whoa.
Rory, let's hear your summary of those two pitches so we can get them to the execs as soon as possible. Okay, so we've got two new entries into the exciting action plus adventure TV category. First up, we've got Adam's idea, Hypno Squad, which is Darren Brown meets the A-Team. It's about a stage hypnotist with a heart of gold named Tony Triggerword, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, who realises his subjects are physically stronger and more confident when hypnotised. So constructs a team of crime-fighting heroes out of regular people, a cleaner, a babysitter, a head of brand advocacy, who can be triggered by the single usage of the word mango. This crack team of superheroes fight off legions of baddies who are being commanded by Spangela Lansbury, played by 94-year-old Angela Lansbury, uh, who is a disgruntled former assistant of Tony who uses her hypnotism for evil, like Darren Brown. A simple finger snap deactivates Tony's team, leaving them with no memory of what commenced, keeping these heroes' secret identities secret even to themselves. As the saying goes, when he says mango, things go bananas. <laughs> that is Hypno Squad. It's so good. Next up, we... It's so good. Can I just... Next... Also, can I just interrupt? At one point, you called Darren Brown Darren Brown, or it just sounded like that. And I really want to now call Tony Triggerword Darren Brown. Darren Brown, yeah. <laughs> He's always living in Darren's shadow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keeps getting... Really disgruntled. Overcast in the Google results. Also, very, very quickly, I love that if you have a title sequence, you would get to do a shot which is introducing Angela Lansby or Spangela Lansby. <laughs> like, oh... <laughs> Next up, we've got Matt's idea, getting too old for this ship. Terrorists hijack a cruise liner full of retired people in order to destroy a satellite with a whole bunch of bullets while in international waters. However, what they didn't account for is Tyler Gently, a former cop who is on the cruise with the remains and possibly the ghost of his dead wife in order to fulfil a promise he was unable to do in life. With the satellites destroyed by the terrorists, all of the world's navigation has gone to pot, and so they have to bounce around between dock to dock, and they can't find anywhere to stay. However, somehow trouble always finds them. Tyler and his team of elderly must solve crimes all across the world as they globetrot around, and even some trouble on the ship, thanks to the ever-nasty Scott Bakula. <laughs> Up to all sorts of nonsense. <laughs> um, they may move a little bit slower than younger action heroes, but to keep things exciting, when someone does a kick, they can go, woo! So, you know, really keep that excitement level sky high. That's getting too old for this ship. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much for joining us, Adam and Matt. That was so much fun. Um, Adam, do you have anything to say or plug before we finish off? I have nothing to say or plug. All of my work has gone out the window, so if you need me for any more pictures, people... <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and next time bring us the tomato sauce not the barbecue yeah, sauce okay damn right <laughs> uh matt thank you so much have you got anything to plug uh i mean i can't stop recreating title scenes with stock footage at the moment so that's all i'm doing with lockdown so if that's your bag <laughs> yeah on twitter just doing that all the time it's really fun for anyone who's missed it uh uh, Matt recreated the opening scenes to Buffy using stock footage, which Joss Whedon retweeted, and then started following you. Yeah, wow, very exciting. Take that, teenage years, 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to us. Give us a nice, juicy five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at YouWatchedPod. I'll stick up a photo of my background in the cupboard so you can see my lovely duvet cover. <laughs> and let us know whether you would watch I'm Getting Too Old for This Ship or Hypno Squad. Hypno Squad. Yeah. Do you have any cast suggestions, anything like that? And keep us informed. <laughs> don't, know, don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs>This episode of Because You Watched featured Adam Hills, Matt Hyten, Rory Binks, and me, Beck Hill. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky. Oh.